Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, is Sarah Jones. And we have a special guest for today's conversation, Patty Handy. I will introduce Patty in just a moment, but as always, we got to check in with Sarah and see what kind of shenanigans you're up to lately. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Nino. Hello, Patty. It's, um, I'm happy to have you here today. Um, Nino, we are, we had four days of travel, four days on the road. Um, we left Texas and we are now in Brunswick, Georgia. So pretty close to the coast, um, of Georgia. And, um, you know, I have now seen lots of different types of live jellyfish. I have seen real life sand dollars. Um, it's been you know, a lot of this journey is very difficult, um, but a lot of it's really, really fun too. And in the course of this past month, we've experienced some loss in our home here. We had to put our dog um, down. That is not I'm an sorry. easy thing to I'm do sorry. when you're on the road, but we've also experienced lots of joy too. So um, the roller coasters of regular life happen when you're on the road too. So. Mm. All right. Well, in, enjoy Georgia. I imagine it's uh, got to be a little bit hot there, maybe a little bit humid, uh, but enjoy it while you're there. Yeah. And then the Patty, humidity, we've talked about that before. The humidity is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. At least it's not Louisiana, but you know. Right. So, Patty, you're joining us today um, for a very special um, conversation, and we'll get a little bit of background in a moment. But uh, where are you tuning in and joining us from? I am in a little town called Valencia, which is about 35 miles uh, northwest of downtown Los Angeles, California. So I'm on the other side of the coast. And that's what I love about being able to do this podcast virtually. My partner can travel around. We can have guests from all over the country. And so uh, thank you for joining us today. The conversation that we're looking forward to having um, is one that's, uh, I think, a little bit unique, something that uh, we haven't really touched on uh, specifically in the past. uh, And I think bringing in somebody who uh, kind of specializes in that area is really exciting for me. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, specifically handling finances from the perspective of, you know, going through a divorce or losing a loved one and, um, and all of a sudden becoming the person who uh, is in charge of doing the finances if that hasn't happened before. But Patty, you bring a very unique perspective um, and a kind of a unique clientele that you work with in that space. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. It really started out um, after my divorce, uh, which was many years ago. And I, I knew that I had in my heart to want to help others. Um, I always try to take a, you know, an, an unfortunate circumstance and turn it around. Um, and then in my, you know, years following in my career, I was both a mortgage advisor and then a financial advisor. And I had so many conversations with ladies, particularly who were um, just struggling with 
managing money after they lost their spouse, whether it was a divorce or, or widowed. And um, some women just chose to, to, you know, live single and they just really are having a hard time with managing money, investing. There's a lot of fear and embarrassment and shame. And I just, I felt that it was, um, Sort of this this calling for me to to leave most recently my role as a financial advisor um, and and do more financial coaching, which is uh, hopefully going to make more of an impact and and touch more lives. Okay, and very commendable. Commendable. I mean, that's why I got into financial coaching myself. Is I love to help people and and um, guide them in an area of of their lives that is very very practical and affects their day to day, but isn't really talked about or discussed or uh, provided an education for. Uh, so why that group though? So why a group of ladies who um, find themselves, you know, kind of flying solo maybe after a divorce or uh, the loss of a loved one? Yeah. Again, it was just, you know, my, my divorce, I, I, um, you know, funny enough, well, not funny enough, but ironically enough, I was the one in the household that took care of the money. I was the one that took care of investing. And I was very comfortable with, with that world. I came from a background in finance before I had my son, before I was married. And I uh, was comfortable. Although even with that, I made a bunch of mistakes. I made uh, just out of desperation during an emotional distraught you know, moment, I just, I did things that were not in my best interest. And I, I just like, gosh, I need to just turn this around somehow. And I want to help those who are uncomfortable with money, um, shortcut their journey from, you know, where they are today to where they want to be. And so it was that experience of just going through my divorce, doing my mistakes, uh, learning from my biffs, so to speak, um, that, that I want to help. And then lots of conversations with ladies in my office um, when I was a financial advisor with tears and just, uh, you know, again, you know, feeling embarrassed and just not knowing where to start. Um, and I just I felt like, you know, this this area, this demographic, for lack of better words, really needs a guidance and they aren't getting it um, unless, you know, they've got a financial advisor, which is a, a great resource, but it's not um, the only resource to help them through, through this. Um, so it was really just a desire to survey a much needed demographic. Well, thank you for that. Um, the, I find a lot of financial coaches find themselves in that position where something happens to them that becomes kind of that trigger for, wow, I really want to help people in like situations. Um, you know, I've shared on the, uh, on the podcast before that, uh, it took me being laid off for me to kind of have my like, Ooh, wait a minute. I don't have a really good money plan in place for things uh, of that nature. So then I realized most people don't. So it was easy to want to step in and, and help that group. Um, when you talk, when you sit down and you talk to these, uh, these women, you said, you know, you found like embarrassment and, and, and a lot don't know where to start. Can you kind of expand on like, what, what are some of the struggles uh, and the common, the common greatest needs that you see uh, with women of, of that situation? The greatest fear, um, I'll start there that I'm, that I see and, uh, have witnessed is, um, they don't know what they don't know. And because they, 
they just fear investments. They don't, you know, this is this big black hole of trying to manage money and investing. And again, because they were never responsible for it, they were never taught it. They just didn't understand it. It was this big hairy monster that was just unknown. Um, there was a lot of um, fear of running out of money, not being able to take care of their family, not being able to retire with money, the fear of living on their kid's couch, you know, uh, just just the unknown, the area of being in limbo. Um, and just, and they're also embarrassed about talking about it because they don't know it. They don't want to bring it up. They don't want to have this conversation. It's like, I don't want to let the world know that I don't know what I'm doing. And um, I just want to crush that completely because you know, even somebody who had some financial background still made mistakes. I mean, I still, I still make mistakes. We all do. We all learn from them and we move on. So um, we've got to get past that to be able to really get on the other side and, and live the life that we all deserve. And, and these ladies deserve to have a love, you know, loving full life and not let these limitations stop them. So that's a big driving force for me. What advice would you give to to women like that who are feeling those specific emotions and they don't want to uh, necessarily let the world know that they don't know what they're doing? What's some advice that you can give them to take that first step? Yeah, I think um, well, working with a coach or, or a financial advisor is is a is a great first step. I think that um, giving themselves some grace and acknowledging that it's okay that they don't understand this and that getting the experience, the knowledge, doing the due diligence, doing the, the homework under the care of somebody who knows what they're doing, um, stay offline, stay off YouTube, researching, you know, all these various people who are touting, you know, what to do, what not to do. Um, find someone that you trust and that you like and you resonate with and um, just start the learning process. It's like learning a new language. You know, if you want to learn Italian, you start by, you know, finding somebody that can teach you or a program that will help you. Um, you start by implementing speaking Italian every day. You just get comfortable with it. You start to immerse yourself in it. But along the way, as much as you can, again, give yourself grace and know that it's okay that you don't know this. Nobody is judging uh, I think we are usually our own worst judge and we need to just to get past that. And, and um, you know, this is for us. This is for our kids. If we have kids, um, our legacy, this isn't about other people and what they're thinking. Mm. Sarah and I often talk about being offering up a, a judgment free experience in, in zone. Like if you're going to schedule a call with us, like no judgment, right? It's just, right. We're just right. putting out a helping hand. Yeah. Patty, I was wondering if um, you might be able to speak to or if you see differences in, because I too have been through a divorce and I handled the bulk of the finances in the first marriage and I am remarried now and handle them now, although very differently. But would you speak to or do you see differences when it comes to fears or processes or or um, even just the language that women use with those that were primarily in charge of the finances before the divorce or the widow, you know, before they lost their husband versus the ones that their spouse is the one that handled the money. Because I would have to assume, 
maybe I'm wrong, but there, there would be some, some differences in, um, you know, the language that they use and the fears that they come to you with. Yeah, I think if I'm understanding your question correctly, I, I think that, you know, watching women, even in, in uh, married couples, like when I would sit across the desk in my, when I was a financial advisor and the married couple would come to me and the man would primarily be having the conversation and the woman would be, you know, sitting back. Um, and in some cases, the woman and the, you know, the husband and wife were equally involved. But um, when the, you know, the husband was the one handling the conversation, um, I would often talk to the woman and make sure that she was understanding the situation so that she became involved in that conversation. Um, I think we need to just in involve, um, if, if you are dealing with a husband and wife, you involve both parties in any kind of conversation. And it makes sense for, um, and I've talked about this a little bit off air, for the husband and the wife to have money dates so that they are both included in on the conversation because if, if, you know, she were to pass and the husband and, and, you know, like in your case, Sarah, where you're handling the money, if you were to pass and your husband didn't know anything about anything, that would be a, you know, unfortunate situation. So it's important to have these conversations, you know, maybe monthly, quarterly, whatever it is that you're comfortable with. And it could just be, you know, 15 minutes over a glass of wine having this, like, you know, how, how are we right now? What's, where's our assets? Where are we headed? Are we okay? You know, how's our debt? Are we paying everything off? How's our emergency fund? You know, whatever it is you need to talk about and know where everything is, know where all the statements are, know where all the, um, you know, what the passwords are to every computer, to every phone, to everything, so that if, God forbid, something were to happen unexpected, the other person, you know, now they're dealing with the emotional issue of just trying to get above water with losing their loved one, um, that the financial piece isn't this big, you know, point of angst. This is not a situation where they have to, um, you know, start from scratch trying to uncover everything. Um, so let's minimize that. So, um to your to your to your point and to your question, I think it's important that um, they are both empowered. They both have that understanding, you know, in that marriage, um, so that again, if something were to to happen, something unfortunate, um, which I've seen as well, um, unexpected passings, uh, that that does not leave a person, you know, lost because they're already dealing with that emotional piece. So I'm not sure I answered that that question. Did I address that? <laughs> Yeah, and I think you spoke to some, um, you know, some other great points there as well that really need to be mentioned, right, and, and brought to the forefront. Um, I am curious, um, do you see a big difference between women that you work with that have been divorced and widowed that did not, they were not the primary financial um, custodians or, you know, they didn't handle the, the finances before versus the ones that did? Um, you know, handle the finances and then went through the divorce or lost their husband or, or you know, their spouse. Um, do you notice a big difference between kind of the mindsets and the fears that that those two parties have? Well, I think the woman who dealt with the finances before has a little bit more of a, of a, of a confidence behind it in terms of mm. making financial decisions. But they both feel very um, isolated. They feel very alone. And when you're trying to make these decisions by yourself, you second guess yourself and you think, okay, is this the, really the right thing I should be doing? I wish I had my husband to bounce this off of. I wish I had somebody I trusted to bounce this off of. Um, so yes, the, the woman who dealt with the money did have a little bit more, more confidence. Um, but when you're dealing it, you know, again, in my experience, I mean, I, I had that confidence, but 
um, when you're doing this alone, it's really a different situation. You just, you start to second guess yourself. You start to wonder, gosh, is this right? And then out of desperation, you do things that you shouldn't do, which is what I did. And, um, you know, you live and learn. But, um, yeah, I mean, there, again, there was a little bit more confidence, but at the end of the day, they both feel alone. They're, they're afraid. They are, you know, will I again run out of money and be by myself when I'm retired? Will I be able to? make my money last? Um, is this the right decision? They don't want to be a burden to their kids. You know, some of those conversations were very common and that's in both cases. Mm -hmm. I can say too, you know, when I went through my divorce, I lived with kind of scarcity mindset beforehand, but when I went through mm -hmm. my divorce, that scarcity was amplified. Right. And, and there was, I will, um, totally agree and feel like I had this level of confidence. I felt like I'll, I'm just going to be real honest and transparent here. I was like, dang, now I can do this on my own, right? Like now I don't have to have the conversations with somebody else. And it really allowed me to bring out some confidence, but it also at the same time really amplified the scarcity mindset that I was living with. And, and even after getting remarried, that scarcity was much, much more difficult to work through. Um, you know, and, and even though you get into another relationship, right, you enter into another relationship. So yeah, I definitely um, can see how some of those fears really play out um, in a, when, when it's you as the individual taking care of your finances now and, and not having that second person to bounce ideas or to provide any kind of support, right? Whether it be emotional, financial, anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the one of the um, the phases in my program, the foundation phase, addresses the mindset, and that is such a again a foundational piece because you know you can learn um, and and understand the mechanics of money. You can learn about mutual funds and you know exchange traded funds and being diversified, all the ABCs of investing. Okay. But if you don't have the mindset in place, if you don't have that foundation in place of how you identify with money, um, you will continue to struggle. It's like the, well, it's, it is not kind of, it, it is the, the subconscious that's ruling your world and your subconscious mind makes up 95% of your external you know, experiences. 5% is your conscious mind. And that's the mind that you, you know, are critical thinking and you're acknowledging that the trees are green and, and all that. But if you identify as somebody who is broke or always going to be struggling about money or feeling like, oh my gosh, it's never going to be enough or, oh my gosh, I'm going to be homeless. And that's your identity. That's your fear. That's your belief from what you heard growing up. And there's a I mean, that's a whole nother episode we can do on just mindset, but um, you will always be struggling with that. That's why the law of attraction, it works so well, but it doesn't. So mm -hmm. if you're, if you're constantly saying to yourself, I'm going to just always be broke or I'm just, I'm broke. I'm, how do I make more money? That's coming from that scarcity mindset. And guess what you attract? You attract more mm -hmm. of that, right? So you've got to unlearn that garbage and then retrain your, your brain. And again, that's a whole conversation. Um, but yeah, good for you for acknowledging that. Cause that is really the first step. It's like, okay, I got this limiting belief from this experience and this is, this belief is absolutely bunk and I'm going to, I'm going to just work through this and you unravel it and you reprogram it. And then, you know, that's 
that's the process. Um, very, very simplified um, in terms of, you know, changing that scarcity to abundance. And that's where you need to come from, a place of abundance to get out of this trap. And that's why you hear about these lotto winners who come into millions and a year later they're, you know, it's gone, right? They, they just subconsciously blow it. Right. So, but that's again, again, a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nino and I have touched on a lot of, you know, and, and because we bring up a lot of these, you know, these points, because I, I would just like to say, it doesn't matter where you're at financially. A lot of this plays um, a factor in, in all of our lives, right. In, in one form or another. And um, whether you're married, whether you're, um, you know, widowed, whether you are divorced, whether you've never been married before, you're just kind of starting life out. So much of this really carries over into all areas and all seasons of our lives. So it's really important to keep bringing that up to the forefront and keep reminding people and keep sharing the information. Yep. Absolutely. It's actually something that throughout my, uh, my coaching career, uh, which spans about 10 years now, at first I paid no mind to how people felt about their money. It was, Hey, look, like, let's just manage it. Let's do these things. And when you exercise these muscles, you will get the result you want. Um, and it's more recently that I'm, I, I spend time in the, how do you think about money? And let's put money in its proper place. Uh, for me, my mindset is money is a tool. It is just a tool. It, it, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just a tool. And then once you understand it's just a tool, now how do I want to use that tool to accomplish the work I'm trying to accomplish? Um, so yeah, spending time on figuring out how you feel about money. I came from a very poor family that uh, my father owned a small business and uh, couldn't afford the rent on the business unit and an apartment. So he slept on a cot in his uh, in his shop, and so yeah, you have to kind of break free from some of that, and you have to find a new way of thinking about things. And you know, you're not you're not trapped in any of that. You know, just because I came from a poor family doesn't need mean I need to remain poor. Um, was something that I had to figure out and learn. So yeah, hundred hundred percent. And you know, you're um, you're if if you've uh, like the, the financial advisory world, they're hiring a lot of life coaches to come in to speak to clients because typically in the financial advisory world, it's about managing your money and tax, you know, planning and whatnot. Um, but there's, there's not a lot behind the behavioral piece mm -hmm. of the, of the finances. And that's again, the foundation that the client has to get comfortable with. And I heard a statistic recently that 80% of women who uh, become widowed under the care of a financial planner will end up leaving that financial planner in a year's time because they aren't addressing her emotional needs. They aren't addressing her um, of this new, her, her new reality. They're just, okay, let's just take care of business. And she needs that handholding she needs that care that compassion that understanding um and that coaching that that just again compassion through that difficult time and they could be financial planner from you know the best of the best but if they're not giving her that um tender loving care for lack of better words um, she'll find somebody who, who, who will. So yeah, the, the behavioral piece. And I loved hearing when I heard that financial planning firms are bringing in life coaches, I was like, Oh, yay. Finally, <laughs> this is great. 
is that um, trying to get, like read between the lines or listen between the lines there a little bit? Uh, is that why you have ended your time as a financial planner to take on financial coaching instead, or why the move? Yeah, that was that was a big part of it. I actually had approached my um, you know the owner of the company, and he agreed that it was necessary, but there was just so many other things to do, you know, in running the company. And I'm like, you know, I can do this. Let me part, you know, do this. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, brilliant man has a very successful firm. Um, but I had this need to really take on this passion project and take care of the more, more of the coaching piece, get more involved and financial coaching, as you both know, in financial coaching, there's a lot of life coaching involved. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, totally part of it, the weaving all that into the mechanics of, of money. Um, and, and I just wasn't able to do that in my, in my role as much as I wanted to. I mean, with my clients, I got into some nice conversations and whatnot, but, um, and I did have, you know, uh, several clients who were widowed or divorced women. And uh, we had those, you know, more personal conversations. And I think that they felt comfortable speaking to another woman. Um, I was the only only female advisor in the firm. The rest were, were men. So we had that sort of a little bit of a disconnect there. But I loved having those conversations with my lady clients and just getting deeper and more personal. And that's also what drove me to, to do this. So there's many moving parts. I mean, it was, again, my divorce, taking my experience, knowing this was on my heart. And it's been on my heart for, gosh, years. Um, and then just... The culmination of my time as a mortgage advisor and then and then a financial advisor, um, I just kept hearing these common themes, and I just decided, you know what, it's time. And the pain of uh, the pain of regret became bigger than the pain of staying comfortable. So I uh, I thought I don't want to look back one day and go, if I only did that when I'm you know 90 years old looking back. Um, so I thought, what the heck, let's just do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to take a moment just to remind our listeners that there is a significant difference between financial planning and financial coaching. I, mm. We talk about it from time to time on the podcast that, you know, what is it like to work with a financial coach? Well, when you get out of the uh, the financial planning world, which is so focused on taking your money and helping you to make it grow, but that you're growing funds help me to line my pockets. Like the financial coaching is so much different. It, it, there is just this element of we're really here to help educate and guide, um, to teach up new money habits, to help you shift mindset, things that a financial planner has, uh, no background in doing oftentimes, um, unless you're Patty handy. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and I want to throw into that too. Point. Yeah, yeah. And I want to throw into that too, Nino, that, um, you know, that's really why, you know, I suggest to my clients, I work very closely with some financial advisors, right? Because, you know, they do handle a different piece than what we as coaches do for most of us, right? And so working very closely, so you're hitting all areas of, of finance, right? And it's really about um, what I tell all of my clients, whether they're small business owners or, um, you know, couples, individuals, is that you really need to know and be the one making decisions for your money, right? Now, it's great to have supporting partners in your life as a coach, uh, you know, a, a planner, as, you know, an insurance agent, you know, to, to help guide you, you know, your bookkeeper account, those things can help guide you. But really, it's your job 
to know where your money is going and know how you want to make that happen, right? And they're the facilitating, you know, they're, they're the supporting partners in all of this. And so um, what I have found in working with advisors and people that I know very closely, um, in my experience, have, have talked down to us, you know, and, and made it, made us feel like, oh, because you don't know, I'm just going to handle it all for you. And I really encourage people to, number one, work with a coach, because then you get to understand your own behaviors with money and what you really want to do with it, right? And then find an advisor that you feel really comfortable with, that's going to answer your questions, but in a way that that you're actually learning, right? That takes the time um, to answer your questions and, and makes you feel like you are um, of value to them, not just monetarily, but as a human and, and as somebody that they want to help educate. Yeah, Sarah, to your point, that's a, that's a fantastic point. I think that um, a financial coach is a compliment to a financial advisor. And uh, actually, I spoke with my uh, firm's owner before I left that we would be working together and collaborating in the future because we do offer different pieces of the puzzle to a person's entire life. And the more comprehensive we can be to help them, the, the better. And that, yes, we as coaches handle a different piece of that puzzle than they do. And um, it's not one or the other. I think the combination of both is, is, is huge. And I also agree with what you said as far as teaching. And the, the teaching piece of it empowers them to ask the right questions, feel comfortable asking the right questions. And if the financial planner says something about a product or a service or something and they don't understand it, they're comfortable saying, you know what, I'm sorry, can you slow down for a second or back up a minute? I don't understand what you just said. Can you repeat that? Say it differently. I don't understand what you're saying. So, and a lot of people will just go, you know, yes, yes, when they're talking, being talked to and not, you know, stop them and say, I don't get that. Let me just, you know, back, back up, talk to me like I'm a fourth grader and let me just, you know, simple, you know, super simple, simple, simple for me. And I think that's super important. And that only comes from a place of when they're comfortable and confident in their own skin. And that's where mm -hmm. we come in as coaches. We create that comfortable, comfortable place. We bring them that education so that they are confident to say to them, no, you know what? I don't, I don't understand it. Explain it to me. Yeah. Especially when it comes to complicated products um, where there's so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like what the point that you're making about it's a compliment because I'm working with a couple right now that uh, they're, they're really uh, in that stage of wealth building. And so as we just kind of outlined, that's not in my wheelhouse, right? I'm not going to help people to necessarily invest in a particular fund or this, that, or the other. But I can help to educate them so that when they go to talk to a financial advisor, they know all the right questions to ask. They know where to push back. They know where to um, communicate the, the fears that they do have so that those are received. And so it's kind of like prep, right? We help them kind of prep for that that conversation. And uh, the couple I'm working with, they're, they're also into... Um, some uh, real estate investing at this point. And so even kind of helping them to prepare for working with the banks, working with contractors, just all of that to help them go and navigate and, and um, execute on the plans that they have. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. Um, the, the, the more that we become that, that trusted person for them without any, interest per se in getting them as a client, you know, in terms of a financial planner or 
a loan officer trying to get a loan, you know, we're an independent third party who can just give information and, and just teach. Um, that is really super powerful. That's right. So, Pat, go ahead and uh, let our listeners know where can they uh, find you and your stuff and, and how can they work with you and what would that look like? Yeah, so I have a program. It's called Minding Her Money. Um, you can go to mindinghermoney.com and you can download the roadmap that I use for our program. And it's a 90-day uh, group coaching. So there's a online curriculum with a, a bunch of, you know, modules and whatnot. And then we have weekly coaching calls where we do Q&A. Um, it's a very hands-on uh, situation where I handhold the client through the through the process. So you can go to mindinghermoney.com. Um, that's where you can download the, that roadmap. Um, my, my regular website is just pattyhenny.com. So it's patty with an I and handy with a Y. And you can get to Minding Her Money from there as well. But if you want to go right to the free download to that roadmap, you can go ahead and just go to mindinghermoney.com. Well, thank you for taking the time to spend a few minutes with us uh, this morning and uh, talking about an important um, facet of managing money, which is sometimes when you're not planning on it, all of a sudden you become the one who has to do it. And that um, although you might be met with thoughts of embarrassment or feelings of overwhelm, that there are resources and um, and there's a way forward to help you through that and um, really gain control of your finances, take control of your finances and, and feel confident doing so. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you, Nino. Thank you, Sarah. It's been great to spend time with you both. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll have you back on sometime in, in the near future and we can uh, maybe dive a little bit more into that mindset uh, conversation that uh, we, we, tiptoed around but didn't dive into yeah, so I'd love to. everybody will have to listen out for that uh, in an upcoming episode or in the future here well thank you again and um it was a great conversation and we'll continue our uh, our conversation next time thank you for listening to the new money habits podcast brought to you by new money habits and keeping up with the joneses financial coaching Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.